running scams on the street since I was 10. I was kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of my own. I'm going to be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. Hey, kid. I'm putting together a crew. You in? That's yes. I might be the only person. Who knows? What you really are. What's that? trouble there for a second but it's fine we're fine welcome to the wampa's lair podcast deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of hoth our hosts carl leclerc and jason hunt discuss all things star wars so join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everybody and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 269, Solo Teaser Trailer. I'm as always your host, Jason Hunt, and with me... The Han Solo to my Chewbacca, we have Carl Leclerc. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm Han Solo. <laughs> That's pretty good, Jason. Well, you know. <laughs> oh, I love this trailer, Jason. Yeah. To say I that, do too. Yeah. To say that I'm excited would be an understatement. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> Um, this was so great. Like it, it, it was everything was so quick. We got that. We'll, we're going to talk briefly about the little teaser of the teaser we got at the Super Bowl because it certainly had a little bit of different content. Um, but the main focus of this episode is going to be on the the full blown teaser trailer we got um, just yesterday on Monday. Um, right. But uh, oh my gosh, Jason, I, there's so much to talk about. Um, <laughs> but before we do, because we are now almost. Three weeks late on our most recent matchup, just because of scheduling things. Um, we had a matchup left over where we where we were pitting Empire Strikes Back Luke versus Last Jedi Ray, and uh, once again we got a tremendous amount of responses, which is awesome. Thank you to all of you who responded. Um, but for the sake of time, we're just going to kind of go through the numbers quickly this time, just so we can dive more directly into the solo stuff. But Jason, what say the Larians? Well, the Larians said quite a bit. Uh, we got quite a few responses, and the numbers do not lie. Um, we have 17 votes for Ray, six for Luke, and one draw. Uh, so, yeah, there was a lot of comments about how uh, Ray is already uh, 
more well-versed in a melee weapon than Luke, and so that was uh, the deciding factor for many people um, in this. But what do you say? I actually say Luke, um, and here's why. Uh, I totally get, like, a lot, right, a lot of folks were talking, like you just said, about uh, Ray clearly has melee weapon experience. Like, we saw a snippet of that in Force Awakens, and then it's obviously exemplified in her ability to, to fight Kylo to a, essentially a standstill. Um, and, yes, she, like, smokes some Praetorians with a lot of help from Kylo, to be fair, in Last Jedi. But Luke's a little help I, from her friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get by with a little help from my Kylo. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah i think uh the thing the big difference to me though is like let's just consider the opponents ray fights a very wounded and emotionally damaged kylo in force awakens and then well-trained yet non-force using praetorian guards which that's not nothing but luke fights darth vader who is the yeah. most powerful sith lord barring darth sidious so, yes, Luke definitely gets owned by Vader, but he puts up one hell of a fight. And the reason I think Luke wins is, yes, I think Rey is certainly more skilled, like, naturally with a melee weapon because of her life experience. Um, it seemed to be implied that she has a little bit more of a natural raw force power than Luke. But Luke is way more trained than she is at this point in the game. And also, um, Luke is just... I, I sincerely believe he's stronger in the Force than Rey in Empire Strikes Back than she is in Last Jedi, mainly because he knows directly how to use it. And also, like, when we see Vader, for instance, in Rebels fight Kanan and Ezra, like, he literally pones them like nothing. And for all we know, Kanan, like, we saw Kanan beat an Inquisitor. Like, he's put up good fights throughout the entire series, but he doesn't even hold a candle to Vader. Luke, yes, he loses, but he puts up a fight. And the biggest thing to me is, right, like Vader's fighting style is one of power. And, right, like we see the way he just swats Kanan and Ezra aside. Luke holds those, like he's able to hold Vader's blade in check. He's able to match Vader's power and not be overwhelmed by it. I think Rey is extremely talented um, for sure. But I think Luke is further ahead in the game because of his direct training um, and he is the child of the chosen one. Um, so I think it would be a really close fight for sure. But I think Luke edges her out because he's just he's a little bit further ahead of her at the game. And again, like just considering the opponents they face in these middle act films, the Praetorians, I think Luke would have done just as well against the Praetorians as Ray. Um, probably, probably much better, to be completely honest. Um, so. I think I think Luke takes this one and a close one, but I do think he takes it. What do you think? I'm going to follow a very similar tack as you, Carl. Um, I'm going to go with Luke. Um, I think purely saber skill wise, Ray takes it, but Luke has always had that sort of you know wild card factor. You know that sort of you know unknown you know factor to to him um and and i think his connection to the force um while just as pure i think as ray's connection is i think his is a little bit stronger in the sense that it's more grounded 
I won't mm-hmm. say stronger in, you know, he's able to do more stuff with it, but he's much more grounded and it's much more ingrained in him where Ray has to still think about using the force and still focus on using the force where I think Luke, it's a little bit more natural to him to draw on the force, to use the force where I think Ray in that battle with the Praetorians is still relying largely on her own skill set, which isn't shabby. Right. But I think, I think the, the force connection is a bit more ingrained in Luke at this point because he's known about the force for longer. And so even though he hasn't had the, you know, a, a long time of direct training, he's been aware of it and sort of reaching out for a longer period. Um, and so I think that's it's a bit more natural, a bit more fluid for him to do that. And so in a very close match, um, I'm going to go with Luke. So that gives us a final tally of 17 for Ray, 8 for Luke, and 1 draw. I can totally see why people would pick Ray. But I'm I'm just gonna, yeah, go slightly the other side. Right. Yeah. Same here. Um. But well, the Larians still speak in a pretty big voice. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, they did. Oh man. But we both v- voted on the same side, Carl. So that means we win no matter what, right? Exactly. Yep. All right. Yeah, exactly. Empire Strikes Back. Luke wins. No doubt about it. Yep. Yep. No. <laughs> 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 it's our podcast. We'll decide the winner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Oh man. Um. So, Super Bowl Sunday, we were reminded that Joe Montana is indeed the goat, not Tom Brady. Um. Sorry. Quick fun side note because I'm a huge 49ers fan and I live in Boston. And I'm sick of having to tell people Tom Brady's not the goat. Um. But we also learned something else. We got a teaser for the Han Solo teaser, which was pretty darn exciting. Uh, yeah, it was exciting. Um, I was almost about to say it's the most exciting part of the night, but I was also extremely excited that the Patriots lost in the Super Bowl. So, um, <laughs> but uh, no, the it was definitely the most memorable moment of the night. I was like, because I didn't think it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like every, you know. All the scuttlebutt was going around and the internet was just flying with rumors all over the place that, you know, we were going to get something during the Super Bowl. And then everyone was saying, oh, it'll be Good Morning America. And then I was like, I don't think it's going to be either. Um, so, <laughs> so I was happy to be proven wrong. Um, but, yeah, no, I as soon as it started happening, I was my my head just snapped back towards the screen and I was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, normally when we get these like mini teasers of teasers or whatever, right? They're like 10 to 15 seconds too, right? Like right. there's something very, very brief just to get you excited for what's about to come. This was a solid minute, the teaser we got during the Super Bowl. 45 uh, second spot. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, right, that's but that's yeah, pretty that's solid. Cool. Yeah. No, and, and and the interesting thing is, is it's a teaser for the teaser and the – the initial teaser, the Super Bowl teaser, doesn't have all this, you know, not all the stuff is actually in the full length one. Right. So it's almost like we got two little teasers in two days. Right. Um, which we is got fair. Two for the price of one. Right. Which isn't that surprising considering the movie comes out in a little over three months. Um, 
but uh, yeah, because they're obviously done filming. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was so excited to see that. And it's so funny because I was, I got to the, to my friend's place a little bit late. The game had already started, but he he was DVRing it. So he's like, don't worry. I paused it because the trailer just came on. So we'll watch that. And I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. And, uh, (laughs) and anybody who's, you know, been a consistent listener in the, in the last few months to years knows how, I've been very unexcited about the Han Solo film. And I think, I think you, I could say the same for you. I mean, neither of us have been particularly negative me, probably more than you, if anyone was, um, but you know, neither of us were super enthusiastic about it. You know, both kind of agreeing, like we'd rather something else, like particularly a Kenobi or even just an unknown character. Um, but Jason, I did a one eighty on Monday morning. Like I did a complete <laughs> one. I'm, I'm, I will be the first to admit that, um, I'm very excited about this film now. And that's not to say that I, you know, I, I want to be cautious and not get myself too amped up and over, you know, overdo my expectations. But the one thing, just the general thing I'd have to say before we jump into the meat of it is the only thing I'm now expecting, whereas I was expecting nothing before, I'm at least expecting to have a really fun time in this movie. Cause that's what this trailer is really, both of these teasers are kind of promising like a really fun time. Um, So if we get that, I think I'm going to be more than satisfied. If it's not fun, then yeah, I'll go back to being maybe a little disappointed. But again, I didn't have high expectations to begin with. And this, you know, this teaser really blew me out of the water. And and I'm I'm excited. Like, I'm really excited. Well, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited, too. And as you were saying, you know, I wasn't overly enthused about the fact that we were getting a Han Solo movie uh, because I wanted Kenobi. Um, and I'm still holding out hope that we're going to get Kenobi. But uh, the the thing that I was starting to feel here recently is I just want something. Like I need something because I want to be excited about this movie. I have no emotions about Han Solo um, as a movie. I thought Ron Howard was the best thing for the movie because he was the only one saying anything about it um, and the only one giving us any peeks at it with his very obscure Twitter photos. Um, but I was really just wanting something, something so I could make an assessment. And we got something. And I'm making an, ex- an assessment, and I'm liking it. So <laughs> maybe we should start getting into the trailer here. Yeah, you know, um, so I thought, you know, again, for the sake of, I mean, we could cover both in depth, but just for the sake of time, like, I, I kind of want to just focus on the main teaser we got on Monday. Um, okay. And then after we're done, maybe just shout out a few things to the to the teaser we got during the Super Bowl with things, you know, that weren't in the main teaser that also looked exciting, because there is definitely that stuff too. Yes. Um, but uh, right. Like I, I feel like trailers today, I mean, right. They're very different than trailers even 10 years ago, right? Like it, there's a whole industry around trailer writing music. Um, I mean, I have a, a buddy of mine who, who went to Berkeley school of music, which is also where David Collins went um, when he graduated, he submitted some music, right? Like movies will put out basically like, Hey, we're looking to make a trailer for this movie. Here's the vibe we're looking for. And then anyone can submit something. So a buddy of mine, he submitted some, I can't remember the name of the movie. It was, but it was, I don't want to say fast and furious. Cause I don't think that was it, but it was something in the line of like fast and furious, right? Just like a new action thriller type movie. And, um, he got into the final two 
but they ended up going with somebody's different. Um, but like, it's like, it's a whole industry, the, you know, trailer music and, uh, right. They trailers today are very much about evoking feeling and then having some sort of narrative flow without, I mean, you know, right. Some people complain that trailers tell you too much, but in some way, all trailers are going to give you some sense of what the story is about. Right. With right. Hopefully being vague, you know, and not giving vague enough to make you want to see the movie. Exactly. And and I think that the solo trailer does that. It, it's it's a it's you know again probably a very vague narrative, which is a good thing, and it has this really uh, you know great music and um, you know right off the bat like the thing that got me pumped. And did you notice Jason how like the very beginning of the trailer right like so you've got Han clicking on all the buttons in the Falcon, mm-hmm. but then it sound to me it sounds like an engine revving, right? Like it just yeah. Um, here, I'm gonna. I'll play that again really, really quickly. Um, right? I've been running yeah. scam. <laughs> right? Um, I yeah. Mean, which is so perfect, right? Because Han Solo, he's a racer. He's a, you know, he's gonna be, you know, a fast pilot. Like it's so good right off the bat. Like they hit you with this tempo of right. Somebody's. Warming the engines of a spaceship and then right like which is so (laughs) like um, like that's just such a a George Lucas thing right because he loves speed right he loves race cars and and all that and Ron Howard was in American Graffiti so he knows very firsthand George's love of fast things Um, like so this trail right off the bat it just it revved my engines. (laughs) 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 Look at that. but yeah, no, I I thought it was great too, and, and you know it's also, um, you know, uh, the revving is done with the guitar, yeah, you know, obviously, and so that gives us the idea that this movie is going to rock a bit too, <laughs> um, which I I think <laughs> solo is good. the original you motion know. picture soundtrack brought to you by Def Leppard, <laughs> <laughs> right? Do you want to get rocked? Yeah, Steve Glosson um, would love that. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Rock Out Loud. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was a great way to, to kick it off. And the 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 audio of it, it, it sounds so unique. Uh, and I, I love it. You know, the click, 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 vroom. Yeah. Yes. So, so um, Jason, are you cool with just kind of like walking through the trailer? Sure. Let's let's walk through the trailer. Um, so right then, you know, we, we get the voiceover from Han saying, you know, he's talking to we don't know exactly who he's talking about or talking to here, but he talks about how he was kicked out of the academy for right. having a mind of his own and right. running scams running, since he was 10. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's he starts with running. Scam, and what do we see him doing right in this opening shot? I don't know. He's doing something that's probably pretty scammy. He's, you know, flying through on the speeder with, you know, Kira. Um, who is played by Amelia Clark, right, sitting next to him. And by the way, mm-hmm. how cool, too, that Kira was the name they had used for Ray in all of the Force Awakens early drafts. Yeah. Um, different spelling, but yes. same Oh, yeah, it's very unique spelling. It's Q... Q-I-R-A. You know. <laughs> yeah. Or apostrophe, excuse me. Not yeah, Q, Q-I apostrophe R-A, yeah. Right. Kira. Um, yeah. Kira. Um, but one thing in this opening shot where he's, you know, flying this little speeder and I didn't pick up on this. I want to be clear because I, I want to give a shout out to my friend Ben for seeing this. I didn't, um, the little gold dice in the rear view mirror. 
Ah, I didn't. I didn't notice that. My friend Ben said it to 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 me, and I was like, "Whoa, didn't see it." So I went back. I'm like, "Yep, those are right there." Um. So well, I I had a feeling that those dice were gonna be part of this movie. Yeah. When they when they brought him in Last Jedi, I was like, "I bet that's gonna show up in Solo." Yeah. So in case you're curious, I have I have the trailer paused at literally the 10 second mark. You can see him right in center screen. Um, they're a tiny bit blurry, but that's plain as day. Those little gold dice. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, right. So the movie opens with him clearly running scams of some kind. Like this is, you know, he's been doing it since he was a, since he was a t- 10-year-old kid. And apparently Leland Chi just made an announcement that a lot of Legends is about to become canon because of this film. Oh, um, man. Yeah. So who knows what that means? Um, but J- did you ever read the Han Solo trilogy by A.C. Crispin, Jason? No, okay. I never got around to reading it. I'm familiar with some of the lore out of it, but I have never read them. Okay, so th- the long and short of it, I it I was uh, I was rereading them for a little while. I didn't I didn't fin I read the first book uh, halfway through the second book, and I just got distracted with other things. Um, I do kind of want to go back and finish it though before the film comes out. And I had read it once before, and I loved it. Um, the general gist of it is essentially just, you know, telling us where Han came from. We get like how he grew up as an orphan. He was running with like a smuggler gang. Um, the the guy that was kind of his mentor, though, was also like a total scumbag. Like he was really, you know, really not good to Han. So Han eventually leaves. Um, Han was also looked after by an old female Wookiee when he was a kid. So that's why he has such an affinity for Wookiees. Um, and he he essentially falls in love with a, a, a female character in the books um, who eventually like she leaves Han. Sorry, this is huge spoiler. So I apologize if you plan to read the books, but um, she leaves Han at the end of the, the third book in the trilogy to join the rebellion permanently and really wants Han to come, but he refuses. Um, and like, I think it, it kind of sets up why he is such a kind of a loner and like he feels really betrayed by her. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Kira in some ways in a probably again very subtle ways might be influenced by that character. I think her name was uh I want to say it was Breha. No, Breha's Bale's wife. Darn it. Maybe Callista. I cannot remember the the character's name from the Han Solo trilogy. But there, again, there's it's it's a it's a female love interest throughout the entire trilogy. Um and I feel like Kira in some way is going to be a character like that. It's entirely possible. But um I I, I don't know. They I haven't gotten a good enough look at it, but the there's you know Kira here's you know sitting next to Han, but then in another part of the trailer, uh, let's see where is it? Thirty four second, you know, thirty four seconds in. Um, is that Kira standing there with the foot of the Falcon with the droid behind her and the the red cape and everything? Yeah, oh definitely. That's her. Okay. I mean, I could just Is be that the, the film. same costume of the person that is attacking them on the train in the other trailer in the Ooh. the teaser teaser? I don't know. Cuz it's similar coloring. Interesting. Let me see if I can find it. Um, I did not it, think of that. No, no, never mind. Yeah, I don't think the, so. The, the other the thing, it seems cape like an is alien. Red on the inside and then black on the outside. Okay. okay. Never mind. For a second I I you know, I didn't get a good look at it at first, so I was like, is that? But no. All right. <laughs> um all right, anyway, sorry. Tangent. 
No, that's that's cool. I, the thing I like about the Kira character, though, is again, I, I do think she is potentially going to be a romantic interest for Han. Um, and so, a quick little sidebar: I my favorite John, James Bond film is Casino Royale, which you know came out in like I think it was two thousand seven. Um, right. And in a way it gives kind of a backstory for James Bond. It explains like why he is the way he is, right? Like he gets burned really bad by the woman he falls in love with, which is why he treats women the way he does in all the future films in a sense. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, James Bond is not a good person to women. He objectifies every woman he meets, but, um, but we get kind of an explanation of that at Casino Royale. And I have a feeling that to me, the strong, the strong statement this film has the potential to make is again just explaining and flushing out more of why Han is the way he is in A New Hope. You know, I mean, I've heard plenty of people say we don't need that. Um, I was even in that camp for the longest time, but now that they're already doing it and it's looking pretty good, I'm a fan of that. Like, I'm a fan of them making Han into like a damaged character who has a soul. But something bad happens that makes him ignore his soul until the events of, you know, the original trilogy in a way. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you get that idea when we when you meet him in A New Hope that he's, you know, by the end of the movie, he's definitely, you know, a scoundrel with a heart of gold uh, in, in a sense. But you have to wonder what got him to the point where he was, you know, sitting in Moss Eisley Cantina working for Jabba, you know, shooting people. Um, in cold blood. So, you know, what got him to that point? If he's really this person who has a, a heart of gold in a sense, so, and willing to make the change to join the rebellion because he cares about people. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Now in this little chase scene, um, right. He, causes a trooper to go flying off of his speeder. It looks like, again, we're getting like, he, it's hard to tell because the trooper's literally flipping and then it's like a brief thing of him like falling along the ground. He kind of, but the, from the glimpses I'm getting, so I'm, I have it paused at the 16 second mark, kind of reminds me of the shore trooper a little bit. Similar type of armor getup is the shore, shore trooper from Rogue One. I don't know if it's indeed the same thing or not, but it just kind of reminds me of that. Do you see that? Do you get that vibe at all or am I just seeing things? Yeah, let me see. I'm backing up to the shot of the, the bike coming up behind him. See if I can get a better look at him. I yeah, I can see that. I can yeah. see that a little bit. I it does yeah. look a little bit like the the tank driver, the shore trooper yeah, yeah, from yeah. Rogue One. Yeah, I'm not. So. I'm not saying it's the exact same. It's just similar. No, um, it's different, and I think it's probably going to be more of a of a police officer than an imperial officer. So, um, a security officer than a you know anything imperial. Um, but yeah, no, it, it does have a little bit of that that design vibe right yeah um and we get this so then we go into this really cool like big shot of like mountains and clouds and we've got the young han standing on a snowy plane and i think i'm just gonna put up the the volume here for a second best in the galaxy so where he's you know again the voiceover continues you know they kicked me out of the academy for having a mind of my own um which not surprising, like that's what we would expect from Han Solo. Um, but it's interesting because, again, the old lore was that he defected, um, like he frees Chewie and then defects. Um, so I like that he is indeed just kicked out, um, right? Like it's a little bit of a new way of the canon to go forward with the canon of like Han is kicked out. Um, 
because he's obviously too much of a solo thinker. And, you know, I think, and then immediately after, you know, is the voiceover about, you know, I'm going to be a pilot best in the galaxy. I think that's probably the reason he joins the Academy, right? Like, cause if you think about it, if this is a young boy who basically grows up running scams and like, you know, cheating and smuggling people for money, um, why would he join, you know, this, you know, political policing um, regiment in you know, the Imperial Academy. But my, my guess is like, he sees the Academy is the means to becoming the best gal- you know, the best pilot in the galaxy. Like this is my avenue into doing that. So I think like the right. young Han Solo's for him, his purpose, his, his calling in life, his destiny, if you will, to use Star Wars language is to just be a great pilot. And he sees the way of going about doing that is by joining the Imperial Academy. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and, and we get that feeling, uh, from the, the Super Bowl teaser, uh, because he's sitting there, looking to sign up, you yeah. know, is what we, we can assume. Um, and he's asked, what branch are you looking to uh, to sign up for? And he says, I'm going to be, the you know, a pilot, the best ever. You know, that, that line again is, is played there. And so um, it looks like that's why he's trying to sign up. Now, just to throw a wrinkle in here because I can <laughs> – he starts off by telling us he's been running scams since he was 10 years old. What if this is a story that he's telling? You know, I joined the academy but got kicked out. You know, did he really join the academy? Is he pulling the wool over someone's eyes? Is he is he scamming us? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I just pulled up the other, the other one really quick from the Super Bowl. But, yeah, we have him – Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to go back to the other one real quick at the end because there's so much good stuff in that other one, too. (laughs) Right. Um, But right. We go from this like this voiceover of him standing on the cliff in the snowy place to. um, Sorry, I forgot to mute that (laughs) to we get what's presumably an interior shot of a very clean and pristine Millennium Falcon. Uh, Yeah. Like fresh off the assembly line. Up to factory spec, Millennium <laughs> Falcon. Yeah. What do you think of that? What 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 was your reaction when you saw that? I thought it was cool because you know it, it's this is how we you know it all starts. the The Falcon has to start brand new at some point, um, and and it makes me wonder, you know, if the Falcon is a freighter that was initially. Um, designed for hauling small amounts of cargo for the empire you know if he's trying to to join up but then again it is supposed to be landos so right yeah i i you know what i'm thinking um so don't forget like we do get a white a yt 1300 in revenge of the sith right it's it's we see one coming in for a landing after they rescue um chancellor palpatine at the beginning of the film Mm -hmm. So we know those ships have been around for a little while. I mean, my guess, my guess is where this falls in the timeline. Like I'm thinking Han Solo is probably 18 or 19 in this movie, which I think is good. Like I don't because he we can talk about this maybe a little bit later because my own my only like drawback to the trailer is I don't think this kid looks or really sounds anything like Harrison. Um, I mean, he's fine. And again, we'll have to wait and see in the entirety of the film for that. Um, But I think 
it, it'll be easier to kind of overlook that, suspend that disbelief of like this is not a spitting image of a young Harrison if it's like a good decade before A New Hope. Because Han Solo's character in A New Hope is supposed to be like 30, right? He's like he's about 10 years older than Han and Luke and Leia. Um, right. So my guess is this is probably like 10 years before that, which puts us right in the middle of the dark times, right? Like, so it's about 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. So that being said, like if the YT-1300 is in Revenge of the Sith, my guess is that it's a brand new ship there. So it's, it's only 10 years old. It's not like they're old out of out of date ships. Right. But by the time right. we get to like the original trilogy, like it is a little bit more of a hunk of junk. Um, but yeah, that interior shot, I loved it because I was like, oh, my gosh, look how white those walls are. Like Honda's not clean. Um, right. Like everything is so pristine. And if you think about it, that makes sense because that's that's Lando. That's how Lando keeps his ship. Right. Like this is the dude that wears capes like he's fancy. Of course, his ship is going to be fancy, you know. Oh, yeah, of course it is. He he's he's smooth. And you can't be smooth if your ship is a pigsty. So and of course we we totally get to see how smooth he is uh based on his outfits that we're seeing cuz he's got some pretty pretty nifty stuff. Um there's the big old fur coat uh for one, but uh ha- have you seen the uh the posters? Oh yeah, they're so good. Uh, let me see. He's got some pretty, pretty nice threads, shall we say? Um, so yeah, no, he's <laughs> this is definitely Lando's ship at the beginning with how clean it is. But uh, yeah, no, it, and and it just makes me go, hmm. Han and Chewie have never taken the time to clean that out, have they? Ever? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. But that being said, it was really cool to see that shot of the uh, the Falcon as we move into what else is going on in this trailer. Um, because we get that another shot of him looking up at the cockpit. You know, one of those things makes you feel like this is the first time he's evaluating the ship and going, hmm, I think I want that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and there's people in the background in that shot too, right? We can't really tell. My my guess is that Chewie is one of them, probably Lando as well. I don't know for certain because they're they're like kind of clouded in the mist there. But yeah, the way he's just looking up at that ship, right? That is the shot in the the trailer where he's pining for this, right? This is this has to be mine, right? Like yes, um, and it, and, it, and it's perfect. Like it's 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 just a perfectly constructed shot, um. But, you know, then we get this, uh, shockingly, another kind of desert planet in Star Wars. Um, so now we have, we have Tatooine, Jeddah, Jakku, and now whatever this planet is. Um, where my, I'm guessing this is Han and Kira walking somewhere. <laughs> Don't know yeah. where. Um, we consistently see these characters together, right? Um, which will make sense of a line that she's going to say a little bit later on in the trailer. Um, but we see them walking towards something. Um, and the interesting in that shot is, you know, right. This, this is the movie called solo. It's about Han Solo, you know, the guy who does things on his own, but he never really is alone in the trailer. If you think about it, not really right. Like he's never fully solo. Um, and 
my again, this is purely speculation, but my guess is that you know early, that that early stuff in this this scene or in the trailer where he he's with her and she does look a little bit younger. Um, so again, the, possibly this film bridges maybe a few years or or something. I don't know. I don't know for certain, but we're uh, going to get another prologue, Carl. Yeah, we very well could, um, which was great because it worked perfectly in Rogue One. Yeah. Um, But I, I, you know, I think like Kira is going to be Han's window of connection, potentially before Chewie. Um, Right. Like, I feel like he may have a connection with her. Then they kind of go their separate ways and that, you know, meets Chewie and. Um, right, builds that relationship and then, you know, bumps back into her again later on. Right. Um, because a little bit later in the shot where, you know, he's in that really cool looking club and we, you know, we have her kind of turn to him and we have the voiceover like, I might be the only one who knows who you tr- what you truly are. Right. Like the way, again, she looks a little bit older in that shot and almost like she's turning and recognizing him, pretend you know, particularly in that scene, like, oh my gosh, she's back, right? Like she's recognizing him and maybe more than anything, she's recognizing that he's not being who she knows he is, whatever that might mean. Right. Um, Right. And, you know, and as I say that, I'm I'm also wondering if potentially like that voiceover of him saying like, you know, I'm going to be a pilot best in the galaxy, right? Like, because remember trailers are always, you know, cobbled together bits and pieces, um, that don't necessarily have, you know, have to all do with each other. Like these little bits and pieces don't necessarily all have to flow from where they are in the film, right? Like we learned that right. with Rogue One and even Last Jedi. Um, and I'm wondering if, you know, that that line where, you know, I'm going to be pilot best in the galaxy. I feel like that could be something he says to Kira. Um, yeah, because that's like a early sta- on. Yeah, like that's a statement of purpose. Like that's not something Han Solo is going to just tell anybody like that's not something he'd probably even say to like an imperial officer when he's signing up for the academy. You know, that question like, oh, what branch are you going to be? Because we never see his face or anything in that shot. Even we're just, again, getting a voiceover. Um, he could just be saying, oh, you know, you know, the Imperial Navy. Yeah, I don't think or he's gonna... or he says, well, I've been told I'm a pretty good pilot. Right. Know, something like that. Right. Yeah, because that's true. It's, I wouldn't put it beyond Han to to boast right off the bat because <laughs> that's certainly right. Han. Because the, the officer sort of, you know, laughs a little bit. So I'm, I'm thinking he says something like that. Right. So. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if Kira is kind of the person he, he – and again, I could be completely wrong. But I just feel like with what we're – the little bit we're getting in this teaser, I feel like she could be the person he's he's making those dreams vocal to. Right. Because that's, yeah. that's a very aspirational line. That's that's not a cocky line of like, I, you know, like you said, Jason, that would be a great line of like, oh, I've been told I'm a pretty good pilot or something. Right. Like right. this is him because when you say something like I'm going to be a pilot best in the galaxy, you're admitting you're not the best in the galaxy, um, which, of course, like, of course, he's not going to be right off the bat. But that's an aspirational line. That's something you reveal to someone you trust that again, speculation here. But. That's to me like it says something about the kind of relationship I think he's going to have with Kira. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's going to be a close one at first. And I do agree. I think it's going to be one of those situations where they go their separate ways. And whatever this adventure is that he's about to get wrapped into with this Woody Harrelson character um, is going to bring them back together. And it's not going to be smooth sailing. Yeah. So because they've become two different people. And I don't think she's proud of who he's become. 
it's a, it's a little bit of a cliche, you know, story trope, but it's something that could work for Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so Jason, do you remember I think Woody Harrelson's character's name is Beckett. Is that right? I think so. I think that's what was told a long time ago. Okay. Now, the original – so again, like I, I mentioned earlier in the, the A.C. Crispin Han Solo trilogy, Han's mentor – I'm trying to remember – I cannot remember the name of his mentor. It's not Beckett. But I remember early, early, early on, Woody Harrelson slipped that his name was the same name as that character from the Han Solo trilogy novels. Um, we know that that's not the case now. It's definitely not Beckett. I don't think this character is meant to be that character because that character is a total jerk to Han and Han hates him. And I don't get the impression here. I, I, I feel like this is a genuine mentor. Um, the guy in the Han Solo trilogy, like he is somewhat of a mentor to Han, but Han also resents him because he basically uses Han constantly to make money. Uh, I'm not I'm not so sure he's that genuine. Um, That's I, fair. I don't, I'm not yeah. going to say he's a complete and total jerk, but sure. They're pretty standoffish in that scene. You know, they're not standing close to each other. And he doesn't exactly strike you as the warm and fuzzy Alec, you know, Alec Guinness type. So <laughs> oh, now you see, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because, like, I just think of Woody Harrelson as that character from Cheers. who's <laughs> like super goofy <laughs> and all, like overly friendly. Um, ah. So I have a hard time thinking of Woody Harrelson as anything but like genuine and adorable. Um, but right. Yeah, I mean, he could be. Um, the thing I love, so I, I have it freeze framed right now at the 31 second mark and you've got right like he Beckett is standing kind of a, a, apart from Han and Han's and I will say in this shot like that's a Han Solo stance the way he's like got his hands on his belt the way he's oh, yeah. standing that is like that's a Han Solo stance right there. Oh yeah. There's something about this shot that I really love and and I um, so a buddy of mine uh, Tyler was saying that he's so excited about this film because he's like, finally, we're going to get a Star Wars movie without the force. Um, and I was like, yeah, I mean, that's probably true here. Maybe. Um, yeah. I, so the thing, my speculation about where the force may show up is someone talks about it or tries to use it and fails. And that's, again, like why Han just thinks it's a bunch of malarkey. Um, OK. Um, so that's the only way I could see it potentially being used. I think it is important that Han not see the force actually being used because – he doesn't really come to believe it in it until really Luke. Um, I, well, here, here's my here's my thing. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you pause it at this point when you talk about the Force because of the hieroglyphs on these pyramid stones. Yeah. Well, it makes me wonder what's what this ancient stuff is. Yep. But we also have the character who I'm guessing is one of the villains uh, in the mask with the the black and red cape and the the melee weapon. And I'm wondering if they're going to have the force a little bit. Uh, but since they're the villain, Han defeats them. And he's like, well, if they really had the force, would they really be that powerful? Would I have been able to win? You know, and that's what sets him on, you know, this idea. You know, they, this person is so devoted to the idea of the force. And Han's like, yeah, but you were evil and I shot you in the face like Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, so I, I'm I'm wondering if that's how it's going to go. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I like how you pointed out the hieroglyphics and the, like these little pyramid things. And cause I was going to say that what this, this little freeze frame just makes me think of, um, if I were to just, you know, ju if somebody just showed me this picture and said, here's an image from the new Han Solo movie, 
without giving me any sort of context. I would say this is like a sacred moment, though, in the film. And the reason I say that, and I, I don't think that they're like Beckett is some force user or anything like that. But if you look at the hieroglyphics, like you pointed out, Jason, just looking at these structures that, you know, they have this ancient feel to them. And then in the far right, almost like there's something that looks very altar like to me. And again, I'm not saying it is an altar, but again, there's just something about the setting here. Um, you know, got an ocean in the background. Hey, Octu. Um, I mean, it's not Octu, but, um, it's, it's that desert planet they were walking down, down to the beach. Right. Um, but there's just something about this moment that makes me just think like this is a sacred moment for Han Solo. And again, like I, I'm of the opinion that sacred doesn't specifically mean like, oh, reserved to church or in the Star Wars galaxy, reserved to the Jedi Order, reserved to right specific force users. Sacred is any moment that like lifts you beyond yourself and calls you into something more. And again, the very next scene is Beckett saying like, I'm putting together a crew. Are you in? Right. So like in a way, this is Han's call to adventure, if you will, like to use a, you know, a Campbellian term. Um, so and again, I'm, I'm obviously speculating. I could be completely wrong about all of this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's just that's just what I think of when, you know, there this particular type of setting. It looks like some sort of old sacred site. And here you in this moment, Han is getting some sort of call to adventure to be part of some sort of crew, whatever the task of the crew is. Obviously, we don't know. We'll learn. Um, But like to me, this is a sacred moment for Han Solo. And what is sacred to Han? Being part of a smuggling crew and making some money. Right. Like that's his higher purpose in his in early on in his life. So to me, that's like that's just what I think of when I see that scene is it just connotates something sacred for Han Solo. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely a moment of moment of truth for him where he's going to have to make a choice. Um, but it is an old ancient sacred site. It looks like, you know, an old, you know, important place of, of worship of something is, is my guess, but it doesn't look like it's been used for a couple hundred years. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. So, um, um, but then we start getting shots of the crew that are being assembled. Yeah. And the first person we see is Kira in a red Kira. cape with a droid that looks an awful lot like Lebo, which was Dash Rendar's droid in Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> oh, man. This could just be the Dash Rendar story. <laughs> I hope not, because Dash Rendar is a poor man's Han Solo. Um, Very true. Did I did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Lots um, of people agree. So <laughs> <laughs> I still love him, but I'm I I don't disagree with you there. <laughs> but but yeah, no, it's uh, I like the look at the droid. I I'm not overly familiar with Lebo, so um, I didn't necessarily have too many feelings one way or the other as far as nostalgia is concerned. But I thought the droid looked pretty nifty. Um, but yeah, Kira's coming out in this cape and everything, and she looked kind of intimidating with it, and not exactly thrilled to see who was on the other side of the camera. <laughs> right, right. And the next character we get from the crew is good old Lando. Lando Calrissian. And oh my gosh, Donald Glover could not have been more perfectly cast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean... 
So that's that's the biggest thing I've been hearing through social media is how excited people are about Lando. Like that's what people have gotten most excited about from what I've read. Um, I mean, he's can definitely, you blame him? I mean, he definitely, like, to me, like, physicality-wise, like, he definitely, like, this. This looks like a young Lando, much more so than, um, is it Alden Enreich? Is that his name? Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich, yeah. So I think... Donald Glover is definitely pulling off a better looking version of a young Lando than Alden Enreich is of a young Harrison Ford Han Solo. Um, yeah. But, oh, but like, yeah, that, that is just like a Lando grin he's got going right there at the 35 second oh, mark. Know. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is again, very much think about it. It's a similar concept to rogue one, right? Like just the pulling together of a random crew. Um, right. And I mean, a very different purpose, I'm sure, for this crew than saving the galaxy. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, this this shot of Lando, just like even that shirt he's wearing, it just looks classy. Um, oh, yeah. Like the way like, even with his arm up, you can see he's got like some fancy cuffs going on with the jacket, like the shirt. I mean, this is yep, this, and a ring. And yeah. The, you like, know, he's got the, the, the sash going around his neck. And, you know, he's this is Lando. He's you know, he's always got the fancy duds. Yeah. He's yeah. probably got his cape hanging over the back of the chair right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and then we get uh, another character from the crew played by Thandie Newton, who's also in Westworld. She was great in Westworld. Um, and uh, she, is, I don't want to mess it, with her. Her name is Vale. Is that right? I'm pretty I sure think. it's Vale. Now, that's I, I was wondering if, if this is the character that he and like mistakenly marries right in the comics right in the new the new marvel line han supposedly has a wife before leia well that um, was but that was a con right yeah it wasn't for real but i'm trying to remember if her name was Vale. i don't think it was no it wasn't um and i'm blanking on her name right now but it, it's not Vale. no it's not her okay as far as i know yeah. but yeah no it's but she's someone that i don't want to mess with she looks tough yeah she's stroking <laughs> a pretty big gun there too so <laughs> right <laughs> Um, and then the last, I'm assuming part of our crew here is this four-armed creature that has a little bit of a Maz Kanata type of a look to it. Right. When I first saw it, I was like, wait, is Maz joining the crew? You know, I <laughs> first, you know, quick shot. I didn't catch all of it, but I was like, wait, is Maz joining the crew here? No. Um, but this is, I, unfortunately, I don't foresee a long life for this character. Because I think he's going to die and Chewie takes his place. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong because he looks kind of interesting. Um, but you know who I would have loved in place of this particular creature? Hmm. Ben Quadraneros. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only thing missing from this trailer. There's not enough Ben oh. Quadraneros. <laughs> looks like Ben Quadraneros is having engine trouble also. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing missing. <laughs> but right. Yeah. So again, like we right the 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 story we're being told in this teaser is is uh back at here, you know, Woody Harrelson's character is putting together some sort of motley crew for again, we don't know what. And by the way, just I want to again really quickly comment on that. I love the music that's underscoring everything here. It's 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 very different for Star Wars. It's all very guitar driven and it's just yeah. There's just like there's a rock and roll feel to it, like you pointed out, Jason, um, mm-hmm. which I just think is a really great vibe for 
for this film. Um, but then we get a really great shot again of him standing like in a very Han Solo stance. Um, oh yeah, and what seems to be potentially a like a, a bar of some kind or CD cantina. Now, I have it paused at the thirty. Oh crap! Yeah, the thirty-seven second mark. It's like it's such a brief little shot. Um, but in the if you're looking directly at Han and you look a little to his left, you see, you know, what some people are thinking is potentially Constable Zuvio <laughs> with that type of hat. Um, do you you're see thinking I'm it's Embo. I'm, I hope to God it's Embo. I would lose. I don't care if this movie sucked. If Embo's in it, it it's I'm going to like it like as much as the Empire Strikes Back. Um, <laughs> 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 I mean, obviously, that's an overstatement, but. I would be so excited if that was Embo. Um, I doubt it is, but I would sure love it if it was. And it would make sense. Like, he he wouldn't not fit. I mean, Embo is in the um, Aftermath trilogy, which takes place after Return of the Jedi. So he's certainly around at this period. Um, mm-hmm. This is a good decade after the Clone Wars. So dude's probably just getting some work done. And Han Solo just happens to be there. I would love it if Embo was in this film. What has me excited, though, and I, I can't quite tell, but right sitting down right in front of that character looks to be a Gran, the three-eyed Gran, you know, which is a alien that we've seen all over the place in the classic and prequel trilogies. And so if we get that character, that, that alien back, I'll be very happy. What's the name? We'll have a familiar alien creature again. Say, say the name of the alien. Ran. Oh, okay. I thought that was a Riyi. Re, well, that's the name of the character. Oh. Riyi is the name of the character in Jabba's palace. Species. Oh my gosh. I shouldn't be allowed to do a Star Wars podcast. I should know these things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. No. Well, you're. We're gonna see Twi'leks in a minute too. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. So finally, getting some familiar aliens. Like, thank you. Star Wars Han Solo story. <laughs> um, right. Solo, a Star Wars story. But then, of course, we get the the trailer introduction of Chewbacca. Yeah, with a dope cross bandolier. Right. Um, this Chewie looks great, by the way. Yeah. Um, I've, I've thought Chewie has looked off in both sequel films so far. Like, he he sounds fine, he moves fine, but his look is really off to me. Um, he looks too dramatically different for being only 30 years later because, again, Wookiees don't age that. Like, they live a long time. They're not going to look that dramatically different in a 30-year time f- frame. Um, but this Chewie just, oh, he looks so, so good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm digging the Chewie look. Um, and I'm so happy to see him here. Yeah. He definitely is uh, looking like a Chewbacca, that's for sure. Yeah, looking and moving, acting like Chewie. I I gotta give it to uh, Juno Suatamo, who's taken over the role now for, you know, the way that he is dutifully studied and embodying the physical mannerisms of Peter Mayhew to to do the character. Because if you didn't know better, you probably wouldn't tell. Yeah, that it wasn't Peter. No, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um. But this is the scene again. So it's it's weird because this call to adventure in a way takes. Pl- I mean, it doesn't exactly seem to take place in that like a little bit of a sacred site. Like there, he's just saying to Han, 
I'm putting together a crew. Maybe Han rejects it there. But now we have him on a snowy planet where he's saying, are you in? Chewie roars a clear, like obviously an affirmative. That's a yes, right? So, um, but yeah, I find it kind of interesting that in this scene, maybe maybe Han is still reluctant to join Beckett, but Chewie's the one who's saying yes, and that's what draws Han in. It just makes me think of like the end of A New Hope. Like Han doesn't want to stick around to help, even though Chewie seems to imply they should. And again, it's somewhat implied that Chewie convinces Han to go back at the Battle of Yavin. So I just think it's kind of neat that maybe even early on in their relationship, right, Chewie is the one who sometimes has to speak up as Han's conscience. And if that (laughs) is the case, and again, like, to be fair, right, if uh, Chewie is introduced to us canonically now in Revenge of the Sith, he knows Yoda, he trusts Obi-Wan, right? So he's got an in with our trustworthy characters, yeah. So the fact that he is a voice of conscience for Han would imply to me that Beckett must have some sort of positive motives. Because I don't think Chewie would be like, yeah, let's go do this if it's something like absolutely horrible. That's just my guess. Yeah. Maybe maybe Beckett's motives may not be positive, but the outcome of the whatever this goal, this mission is, could be positive. So cause I'm not sure I trust Beckett. Sure. I, haven't, okay. I, I don't I'm not sure about that. Um, <laughs> but that being said, yeah, I, I love the fact that Chewie's there, you know, let your conscience be your guide, except he's not small and can fit in your pocket like Jiminy Cricket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Chewie looks great. Chewie's fitting right back in the role with Han as they always have that we've always seen. So I'm really curious to see how much of their relationship is already established or if it is even established at the beginning of this movie. So, yeah. Um, but Jason, then we go to something that you and I love very, very much. Oh yeah. The Lando salute, the Lando salute. Oh man. We, for those of you who don't know, Carl and I, when we sign off every, after every podcast with each other, after everything's over, we give each other the little Lando salute. Um, so, yes, the Lando salute is back. I caught on to it almost right away. I was very excited. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. We have to mention it just because that's that's Carl's and my thing. Oh, yeah. So, yes. Yes, it's so good. And and I love that he's doing it with Lebo. Like, well, I, I don't know if that's I, – I know they've announced the name of the droid. I don't remember because I don't care. I'm calling him Lebo. Um, <laughs> and my guess is that this is probably Lando's. Oh no, it's not necessarily Lando's droid, right? Because the first time we see Lebo in the trailer is walking out with Kira. So it could be right. Kira's droid and he's just helping Lando as the co-pilot. Um, but I do like that. This is Lando's ship. The The way they salute, like there just seems to be like a, a fun camaraderie between these two characters. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I think, I think we're going to get some good humor in this film, um, which I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to. Um, but then, you know, right, we get them, we get the classic lightsaber jump shot, right? And Lando's the one to send us into light speed. Uh, yeah, light speed jump shot. He's the pilot, you know, which is funny because, you know, Han's been the one talking about being the great pilot. But Lando's the pilot because this is his ship right now. Yep. 
But yeah, and we go to another like fancier looking club. It seems to be a little less seedy than the uh, the the that little shot of Han and what seems to be a bar. And this is like a, I mean, this is like a, to me, it just reminds me of like a nightclub or like a dance club, um, right. you know, kind of similar to something we might've seen in attack of the clones. Right. Like one, right. Uh, Except not as fancy. Right. Uh, but you got this really interesting um, f- female potential vocalist with like a very weird piece in her mouth and also like a floating head next to her. I think that's Krang from Ninja Turtles. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, can't, I can't be certain. But if you look at the dancers in the background, they're like all like kind of grinded on people like this dancer is like in her gold dress and everything. And I never thought I'd say this in Star Wars. Like, yes, like we do have Leia and the gold bikini. But this shot is like the sexiest thing I've ever seen in Star Wars. <laughs> um, and I like I genuinely mean that. Like, and I, I don't mean like 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 sultry like sexual just to be sexual but there's something classy but sexual about the scene like I, I just find it very sexy like the dancing seems really cool like the singer is very sexy looking um we do get twi'leks i mean right before the close-up shot but you do see twi'leks dancing in the for- foreground as well yep. um Thank yeah God. yeah right i know Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah there's just something about um about this scene that I just I I never expected to say that about a Star Wars film like wow this is sexy without it being like out of character either right um and it would make sense that in the Han Solo film you get some sort of like sexiness to it um because right. that's kind because of Han's character he, he um in not inhabits that he he patrons he frequents it's the seedier side of things so he of course he's going to be you know in areas where that's uh, a thing you know, the, this isn't a, a rebel base. Right, right. Um, and I do love the ceiling above the singer. Um, it just, again, Which very, is the floor of the platform above her. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, it just, again, that's Scream Star Wars. It looks like the Carbonite Freezing Chamber. But we also see those type of platforms at Lando's, or Lando's, Vader's Castle and Rogue One. Like, that's just such a very Star Wars element um, yeah. for architecture. Um, yeah. But yeah, and like, and then it's in this shot where we get Kira kind of, you know, a little bit of longer hair. She looks a little bit older, um, like looking over her shoulder. And like we were saying earlier, uh, potentially like her just being surprised to see Han again. Right, right. So, I, I you know, Han might be coming to her saying, hey, we need your help. And she's like, ah, what's, go- what's going on, Han? You know, that sort of thing, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe but- he'll just... You know, um, maybe like, you know, things well, Marcus walked in the room and she's noticed. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it could just be that uh, he, you know, hasn't been part of her life for a little while. And he's he's just coming back to to s- s- sing her a little song that goes like goes a little <laughs> bit like this. So Hans is going to, you know, I think Lando would be the one singing that, not Han. <laughs> yeah, Lando would have more groove and, and smoothness to him. Oh my gosh, Lando is the king of smooth. Yeah, but uh, yeah, maybe he just wants her back now. 
So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, possible. Yeah. So, and then, and then in these next subsequent shots, we have the voiceover of Kira who's saying to Han, like, I may be the only one. Oh, hold on. I'm going to turn the volume back on. I want to make sure I get the line right. But I think she says, I'm the only one who knows what you really are. Who knows? I might be the only person. Who knows? What you really are. Yeah, that's right. I might be the only person who knows what you really are. Um, and again, that is coming in a different scene. But Jason, can we talk really quick about this incredible shot straight out of a Western film? Oh, you mean the yeah the the, the Clint Eastwood you oh, know yeah. taking the the uh, safety off the holster you know un, un, unbuckling the holster you know hands down by the blaster uh, you know the bad guy tribe standing in the distance with the challenger directly a- across from him uh, yeah now this is oh. and it it makes me think <laughs> it really makes me think of this scene from Indiana Jones um, the sword the, fighter. Yeah, the sword fighter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I like the look of it. Um, I like the look of the the bad guy. Um, he looks pretty pretty nifty. Um, yeah, yeah, he does, and he looks kind of scary, like in a in a good way. Like, a, not like I'm gonna have a nightmare, but like, dude looks intimidating, right? And it's interesting. There's a you know. The, the shot moves on to a, you know, a clearer shot of, of him and the people behind him. And I'm a little unsure what's going on with the people behind him because some of them almost look like they're pointing their weapons at him and others looking up to the side. And I don't know what's going on. Mm, yeah. So. I'm just noticing that too. And also, so I'm paused at the 51 second mark and the guy that's like standing behind him, but like right in between the, this character and his staff weapon there's somebody with a hat on that looks very much like a Cad Bane hat. I'm not saying it's Cad Bane, but that hat just kind of makes me think of Cad Bane. So how, how amazing would that be if Cad Bane had an appearance and Embo? Oh, man. Um, so so my it. friend Greg just he made a speculation that this guy in the helmet could potentially be Boba Fett. Um, you know, like uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think this is who he's talking about. It could be a different character. Um, but right, there's a shot in this too, where there's somebody, a character that looks like they're wearing um, Bush's costume, right? If you pause it right before that shot, my gosh, these things are so damn quick. <laughs> I know. But if you pause it, still at the 51 second mark, but right before it zooms in on the the leader of this group, um, all the way to the right, if you're looking at the frame, there's somebody with clearly what looks to be the Bush helmet on. So maybe right. it's this is the original Bush. Um, but yeah, like it is hard to tell if these guys are. facing their weapons at this character as well i don't know because maybe han has them on his side now or something he calls something out and they like turn their guns on this guy so han like double crosses him or something who knows um but i just yeah i love the way this shot is composed because it it just screams western which is you know again like that was a huge influence for george with the original film yeah Um, so yeah i'm just so excited for this scene and again we're back on that desert planet yep um, and then, you know, you have just somebody shooting some people. <laughs> I can't tell who the heck this is. No right. idea at all. Um, for all I know, it's new, for all I know, it's Newt Gunray. Right. Um, so <laughs> this is not looking good at all. <laughs> Blam. Um, where is Ben Quadraneros? <laughs> where is Ben Quadraneros? <laughs> I must speak to him at once. 
I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. But moving on, then we have an uh, an explosion happening behind the Lebo droid. Yep. Um, which is one of my favorite shots, I think, in the trailer. I like this shot. Kind of reminds me a of like a, a K two S O type shot from Rogue One. Yeah, yeah, it does. So. Uh, uh, yeah, and then you have Han flying. Some, my guess is it's some sort of cargo type ship that, in some ways, looks like a U-wing a little bit, right? Just the the shape right. of the mandibles. Um, with what? Maybe that's some sort of seismic charge going off in the background. Um, right. The way it's kind of exploding out, and uh, yeah, like it's again, you just you're gonna. I think we're gonna get plenty of evidences as to why Han is a, just one of the best darn pilots in all the galaxy uh yeah um but uh yeah then we get then we get the money shot yeah i'm gonna turn the volume on for this because this is the line that you and i both agree just like just totally just this sells han solo yes sorry what's that oh so good hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna put it back though just so we get all in its context i'll turn it down a little bit because that was really awfully loud um who knows you really are what's that so good what's that what's that uh i just love it so much and this is them again what seems to be again on the desert planet and this is later in the film so that desert planet stuff probably happens later in the film like i don't think this is from early on when they first know each other yeah Um, no i it's not it's not that opening scene with them in the speeder that's for sure. Yeah. Um and gosh, she looks so young in that and it's, you know, yeah. sometimes it's hard for me to realize that that's the same actress. Um Amelia good makeup job. Right. Um um this this shot here too though of him like when and like even though he doesn't really sound anything like Harrison Ford, which is fine, you can't really do that. Um the cadence of it though, the way he delivers it is the way, the way like, he delivers it, the way he's holding himself, carrying yeah. himself, it's total Han Solo. Right. Like, I, and he's got the chin, he's got the hair. Yeah. This is the shot that to me looks, again, like, like I said a little bit earlier, like the only thing that I'm a little still skeptical of is like he's not a real hard sell for me on Han, but I think they could do it in the context of the film if it's all well acted out. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the shot where he most looks like a hair, a young Han Solo in the sense that he's got the the big fluffy hair. And like I was looking at pictures, like promotional pictures from A New Hope, and Han's hair is a little bit longer there, a little bit more fluffy. And when I look at this shot, paused it the one minute and one second mark, like that definitely looks like a young Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got it, you know, kind of. You know, it's supposed to be back, but it's the it's starting to come around the front a little bit. You know that hairstyle. It's 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 Han Solo. Yeah. Um, and then you know we get the the the, the movie title. Um, the font I think looks cool. It's you know it's fine. It is what it is. It's a little bit more of a fun version of the Rebel fanfare, which I think is great. Right. Um, it's the only blatant Star Wars music in the trailer, which again makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. But then we get this – then we get like a an, an epilogue shot for the teaser. Right. Where, and again, this is that that my favorite shot visually in the um, the teaser we got at the Super Bowl is that mm. shot of a Star Destroyer with like lightning in the background. And 
you know, a lot of people are saying, like, could this potentially be the Maw cluster that he makes the Kessel run through? Who knows? Um, right. But it's like this really ominous place. And in the, the full t- trailer here, right, like we have a bunch of TIE fighters chasing Han Solo and a new type of TIE fighter once again. And I think that's cool. Like, it's cool to get new stuff like this. Like, the Empire is massive. So it would make sense that we are, conti- excuse me, continually, continually seeing new things. Right. Yeah, no, I I think this is one of the most gorgeous shots in the entire trailer. And, you know, it it stands up there with, you know, a lot of the, the really gorgeous stuff from other films, too. But it the the imagery of a Star Destroyer in this nebula or whatever it is, is so cool. Yeah. Um, it just looks amazing. Yeah, it so really does. Yeah. Good on you, Solo, a Star Wars story. Good on you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now we get a new shot in the, the cockpit where it's not Lando flying, even though he's in the ship. He and Kira right. are in the you know, passenger seats while Han and Chewie are flying. And to me, this t- tells me one of two things or both of the following things. One, at this point, Han has won the Falcon from Lando or... Possibly number two as well that may whether or not he's won the Falcon, maybe Lando at least concedes that Han's the better pilot and he's the one to get them out of this mess. Um, But I'm more of the opinion that at this point it's Han's ship. I could be wrong. Um, Who knows? And you're probably right because of what he does next. Yeah. Which, by the (laughs) way, really quick. I love that he's wearing the gloves because we see him wear those gloves a lot in the comic. Um, And he does have the gloves on right in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing real quick, cause I almost forgot about this. I meant to say it when we were, we were talking about that cool standoff shot. Cause I don't think he has Carillion blood stripe pants on there. And I really hope he wears Carillion blood stripe pants in this, but I'm starting to think he's not going to. And again, that was to me like well, a huge ball. They dropped in force awakens. Well, I, I, I think maybe he might get a pair for the end of the movie. That oh, there you go. That could be it. Um, but he, yeah, so he pulls off this, awesome maneuver right he just slaps he twirls the falcon barrel rolls the falcon into a tie fighter and just slaps it into an asteroid yeah yeah and and this is what makes me think it's his ship at the time because i lando would have exploded if someone did that with his ship <laughs> right use it as a you know a baseball bat right <laughs> and you can tell in that shot immediately after it whoops i Yep, there we go. So, like, at the 1 minute and 13 second mark, right after he, you know, smacks this TIE fighter into the asteroid, there is something in the mandibles of the Falcon. Um, So, again, I really feel like it's running some sort of cargo shipment because Ah. that's where it loads it. And, again, if you look at all the posters they just released, the the Falcon is in the, you know, the bottom center of every one of the posters. doesn't matter if it's on or not. And, again, you can see something in the mandibles. It's not the open mandibles like we're used to. So... Good my, catch. Yeah, my guess is, um, you know, that this is a this is a vamped up, you know, I think it was a different kind of ship when Lando had it. And Han's going to make some modifications. Um, but yeah, he's making modifications, but it's clearly a, a, a well armored ship to be able to do something like that. Like Han never did anything like that in Empire during the asteroid field chase. Right. Like uh, the it didn't seem to have that sort of capability. So maybe Lando has it more jacked up than Han did. 
Um, I don't know. But yeah, it, this is just a I, great well, I, shot. I think he did that because he didn't have anything to shoot back with. Oh, that's all. Yeah, maybe there's no guns. It could, yeah, because if it's just a cargo ship, why would it have guns? Yeah. Um, Who knows? We'll have to see. Yeah. But then, you know, you have him. I'll, I'll rewind it just to play the line one more time because it's a Han Solo type of a line. I thought we were in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine. <laughs> They're not fine. But The only thing that would have made it more of a Han Solo line is if he had said, we're all fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that right there, like, that's a, that's something Han Solo, that's something that Han Solo would say. Right. Totally. Um, it is a total Han Solo line. And then, of course, they're not fine because they start having to fly through the giant tentacles of some shrouded beast in this, these, these clouds, this nebula, whatever it's called, whatever it is. Um, so I, I, I love it. And I have a theory as to what that beast is. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Uh, do you remember the Clone Wars episode uh, where Anakin and Plo Koon took some clones through the uh, the nebula and there were the giant Nebra mantises in there? Yes. I'm wondering if it's some of those or Ooh, something like it. That would be really cool. Yeah. That would be really yeah. cool. Or maybe one of those hyperspace whales. Yeah. From Rebels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, neat. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you have Han expertly piloting through that. And boom, Memorial Day. We're getting this movie. Uh-huh. Just a few weeks after my birthday. Oh, I can't wait. I really, really can't wait. I get to have... Yes, uh, you do. Star Wars for my birthday again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I miss that. I miss those May releases. Um, very excited about that. Very, very, very excited about that. Yeah. Um, Jason, real quick before we, we wrap up, though, I do want to just hit a couple of really quick things from the, the, the shorter teaser that we got on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and mainly okay. it's just mainly just that one sequence with the train, right? The space train. Oh, Yes. Um, the, it's so funny. So I, I was talking with a couple of friends and the, the thing that I immediately thought of when I saw that space train was it made me think of that Clone Wars episode with Boba Fett. Um, oh yeah. Right. And Asajj Ventress. Yeah. I just immediately thought of that. That's what it made me think of. And then Greg said to me, he's like, oh, it reminds me though from the Shadows of the Empire video game, the level on the train. And I was like, oh, that's also true. Yeah. Um, but but again, how much more Western can you get to, though, than like maybe a potential train heist, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and, you yeah, know, and, and we have this interesting, like kind of first person shot of whoever this potential villain is attacking with some sort of melee weapon. And I can't tell if that's Hani's attacking or not. I think it's Beckett because of the color of the, oh, yeah. the jacket. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think, think you're right. Beckett. I think you're right. Um so yeah, I just I, I'm really excited for that sequence, whatever that might be. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I I agree. And then of course right after that there's the epic <laughs> shot of Lando with his, you know, giant fur coat. Yeah. So yep. just have to mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um which people went nuts for. Rightly so. <laughs> Um, and then this one essentially closes with somebody opening like a window and a door 
to see Han. Um, and this shot of Han Solo looks very Dash Rendar to me. Just his hair looks like Dash Rendar. The the way the light is hitting his jacket, which makes it look like a shoulder pad jacket like Dash Rendar wears. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is a Dash Rendar movie. But I feel like this particular shot, though, is him going to see Kira. Like, I think she's opening, like, the window to be like, who's there, right? Oh, it's Han. It almost looked like uh, pri- prison door grates, though. I'm wondering if he's... Oh, maybe. He doesn't, he doesn't look like he's, you know, all put together. Maybe it's just the lighting, but it almost looks like he might be, you know, in a prison cell and somebody's opening the... Uh, See, I don't think he is, grates. though. Like, maybe he's visiting... Because, like, behind him, it looks like there's... I don't know. It just looks like an expansive scenery behind oh, him. Oh, that's true. So I don't think he is. So maybe he's... Vi- but, yeah, my just initial thought was, like, this is Kira he's visiting. But, again, could be wrong. Um. But I do love the last little shot from this teaser where you have Han standing, looking out on the ocean, and Chewie puts his arm on him. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Um, And so just one quick thing I want to just talk about really quickly as I was thinking about these these teasers all day today again. Watched it quite a bit yesterday. Um, Two moments that really made me have like a deeper love and appreciation for the Han-Chewie relationship is... The you know this particular moment in the the teaser from Super Bowl Sunday with him actually just putting his hand on Han like to me that's a very reassuring hand like maybe this is Han's about to do something or he just did something and he's feeling a little bit lost or a little bit alone and Chewie's putting his hand there as one of comfort and reassurance like you're doing the right thing and I'm I've got your back um, yeah and the other thing is just I don't know why this just struck me and it's it just struck me today though but. The scene when, you know, Chewie roars in response to Beckett's like, so you in? Chewie roars and he says, that's a yes. Han has to translate for Chewie. Something I love about that is only, in a way, only Han understands Chewie. And conversely, only Chewie really understands Han. And it just it gave me such a deep respect for the camaraderie between these two characters. The, the, the partnership they maintain is something very beautiful in Star Wars, um, right? Like the old canon is, and I think we will probably get this alluded to, like I still think Han frees Chewie from slavery. Um, but like it was always the language of a life debt, um, which they seem to step away a little bit more from, right? Like we never get that explicitly in the original trilogy. That's, we're never told that Chewie has a life debt for Han. That all comes out later, right, in expanded material. Right. Um, and I think it's important that Han never really... Even in the expanded material, Han never really lords it over Chewie, though, right? Like, it's very clear that this isn't, like, his servant. It's his friend. Um, mm. And we get even in, in one thing I'll give uh, that I really loved from the uh, the Life Debt novel by, by Wendig is how ardently Han opposed, even though the Republic says we're not going to go help Kashyyyk, Han just says, screw it, I'm going. Chewie and I are going to go and do this, even if you don't support us. And I think... A motion like that, you know, even shortly after the Battle of Endor, shows Han's dedication to his friend. Um, and I just, I love that little moment, these two little moments from these teasers that just show, even early on, like, so, something they share together is very special. And um, they understand each other in a way that no one else does. And, like, what a beautiful thing to have a friendship like that. Like, in a way, Chewie needs Han to vocalize to others what he's saying. Like he, he, right? We need Han for Chewie, for Chewie to make sense to us as an audience. Um, 
and again, in like a similar way, Chewie seems to have a perspective of Han, on Han that no other character does. Yeah, well, it, it, you're, you're right. Um, Han definitely feels uh, what's the word I'm looking for. He's the one who interprets for Chewie, and Chewie is the one who interprets Han's emotions. Because yeah. Han doesn't share emotions yeah. with anybody else uh, except Chewie. So um, I, I think that's that's a big aspect of their relationship. And uh, I'm really happy that it looks like we're getting that dynamic well-established here. Yes. Agreed. So. Um. So, I don't know. Anything else to say to wrap up, Jason? I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm yeah. really glad we finally got something, and I'm just excited to see what this movie holds. Um, I'm not, you know, looking for anything specific. I really don't have any expectations for a young Han Solo movie uh, because he's not a character that I've always, you know, been incredibly invested in, um, you know, to the degree that, you know, you or other people have, but... Um, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm curious to see. I, I, it wasn't going to be my first pick for the next standalone movie, but I'll, I'll take it and I'm looking forward to see what, what it has. Yeah, me too. And that's the thing. Yeah. I still don't have any specific expectations, which I'm happy to say, <laughs> um, ex- except for, I think it'll be fun. Yeah. And, um, and just to even think of this in a marketing standpoint, I think this will be really well received in light of what we just got with last Jedi. And again, whether you, and that's not a slam on last Jedi, but last Jedi is a very dense, heavy film. Um, and I think a shot of something that's just pure fun will go a long way. And it's not to say that there won't be any depth to this film. I'm sure there will be. Um, but I think it, it'll just be like a nice change of pace after, you know, kind of the, the, the heaviness of last Jedi. Yeah, I agree. So, so. yeah, I mean, I'm again, this is still considered just a teaser trailer. So I'm assuming we'll get one more full trailer. Um, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in um, March or potentially early April. Um, But yeah, I mean, I like I said, at this top of the show, I've done a 180. I am excited about this film, whereas before I was completely apathetic. (laughs) So um, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to. Me too. So, um, but uh, Jason, because we forgot to talk about this quickly before we started record, I do have an idea for a poll for next episode. Well, what do you want to do? Oh, although we were doing a series, so let's just go back to our series. Okay. <laughs> um, favorite uh, musical moment from a new hope. Uh, a new hope. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. You just heard us work that out. <laughs> We just did that. Um, so yeah, folks, a new poll for the end of this show. Uh, we want to know what your favorite musical moment from A New Hope is. So uh, we will obviously get that up on the social media and everything. Um, be sure to check out um, our patron, our Patreon account. Um, I've put up a new uh, Wampus Lair background spotlight uh, over the weekend, uh, focusing on Shock T. So. Uh, another one of those uh, for any patron, as long as you are uh, contributing a dollar or more. Um, and Carl's got another one of his uh, what do you call, meditations. 
Um, reflections. Reflections. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. meditations is your YouTube. Yeah, one YouTube with thing. Yep. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, reflections uh, coming later this week. Right. And also um, probably this weekend uh, because we wanted to re- we wanted to get this out right at the start of the week. Um, normally we release on Thursdays, but I'm going to uh, put this up like late tonight, which is technically late Tuesday or potentially early Wednesday morning, depending on what time zone you're in. Um, but I am probably going to record another little mini episode um, to release over the weekend just for everybody, like on, on our normal Wampusler feed, because um, uh, Lent starts next week for any of you who might be Christian. So, uh, you know, a common theme in Lent is temptation. So I'm going to look at um, those moments from the middle act film. So looking at attack of the clones, empire strikes back and last Jedi, looking at those specific moments when our main characters, our main heroes were tempted to leave what they were supposed to be doing. So for Anakin leaving, you know, Naboo to go after his mother for Luke leaving Dagobah to go to cloud city and for Ray leaving Octu to go try to save Kylo. So I'm going to look at those moments and just, um, how do these characters deal with temptation and, you know, What's the result of giving into said temptation? So excellent. Yeah. So that'll be coming out, like I said, probably later later this week or more likely into the weekend. So just another little fun thing to hold you over until we do a normal normal episode next week, which I believe, Jason, if I'm not mistaken, next week we're gonna finally put out our commentary. I think so. Our um, Rogue, Rogue One commentary. One. Yes. We've been wanting to do that for well, a while. <laughs> um so we're finally going to get some time to sit down and, and do a full-blown uh, audio commentary to Rogue One. So that'll be coming out next week. Yes. Very exciting. Um, but if you want to weigh in on the trailer, if you want to respond to our poll for your favorite musical moment from A New Hope or anything else, where can they do that, Carl? Um, our main social media hub is Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wampuslayer. Our email is wampuslayerpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, you can uh, sign up for all those great little mini episodes we'll be putting up on a weekly basis over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash wampuslayerpodcast. Excellent. Anything else, Carl, before we wrap this up? Uh, no, that was that was so fun. I, 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 I'm pumped. <laughs> Me too. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. It's been episode number 269, solo teaser trailer. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we will see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. Wampus Lair.